I'm conscious that for many you will know the Coleses and the Coles family, but for some you may not know them. Uh, so I'm going to ask the family to come up and I'm going to ask a few questions uh, to mum and dad and the girls as well. And it's only going to take a few minutes, so if you guys want to come up. No, I got me that, that one, Reggie. Right? Or do you want me? Okay. Okay, so, firstly, Paul, if, if I heard you speak, I wouldn't think you're from Balnens. So tell us where you're from and what sort of family life that sort of stuff was like growing up. Uh, I am actually from Lord Moira Park <laughs> in Balnens. I'm coming up to living more of. I'm coming up to living as much of my life here as I lived in Canada. Uh, I'm from Canada, grew up, I was actually born because of something my parents did, uh, right on the American border, like a stone's throw from that beautiful place. Anyway, grew up in Canada, quite a few places. Uh, my dad was in the oil business, he sold it and ran like a Christian camp and conference center for my teenage years and then I moved here when I met Okay, don't just steal that one of my questions later. Don't steal that one. Fiona, yeah. how did, where did you grow up? Are you from, sort of, local? Or? I'm sort of local, yes. I uh, lived in Newcastle for many years. That's my lovely brother and sister-in-law, my other sister-in-law there. Yeah, do you guys just want to put your hand up? Oh, we'll, no, we'll how embarrassing. Yeah, Sorry, no. Simon. <laughs> it says, I've been marked. That was, that yeah, was that's like. it now. Um, yeah, so Newcastle, down the road, and then from Newcastle to Vienna for a little while, and then back to Newcastle, and then to Scotland, and then back to Balmahinch from there. Okay, so you've been about a bit. Yes. So here, here Paul, you were getting to this. So for the Romantics, which there are many among us, how did you guys meet? So either one of you answer that. It might be a different story, actually. But I was gonna, it would be a very different story. I'll just tell you the quick true story um, <laughs> that was I uh, went to do a camp in Canada to uh, Muskoka Woods Sports Resort which I know a few people from here have been to uh, Paul picked me up at the airport and the rest is history okay I will not ask you much more than that uh, so Paul and Fiona most of us will know that you've been working UAE for three years uh, we'll talk about that shortly but what, what have you done up to then? Or what did you work at? That's a long story. Uh, like you've two, two lines. Yeah. I was immediately preceding that, I was a youth pastor at Balanch Baptist. Okay. And before that? Before that, we were in Romania, uh, running camps and follow-up programs with orphans. Before that, I was the EDGE Youth Center Manager. Before that, before that, before that, I was two. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now, I said you guys were living in the UAE. I have a question for Eva. You ready? <laughs> see if it works, see if it works, if it works, it works. Eva, yeah. did you ever see any camels when you were living in the desert? Yeah. You did? Can you tell me anything? Well, what, what you told me during the week, how many camels you saw and when you saw them, can you tell everybody that? Just pretend they're all not there and you're talking <laughs> to me. Just talk to Dave. Yeah, talk to me. Don't worry. Um, we went to the desert and it, when we woke up in the morning, we saw 30 camels. 30 camels. 
Has anybody ever saw a camel? <laughs> yeah, a few privileged people who saw a camel. Eva saw 30. And what um, did they do? They started eating marshmallows. <laughs> they ate our marshmallows. 30 camels. Imagine waking up in the morning, looking out of your tent, 30 camels eating your marshmallows. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Yeah. Now, Eva, I have just one more que- question for you. When you went to school there, I know for a fact there was someone very important in your class. Was there? Do you want to tell us about that? Hamden. Oh, who was Hamden? Um. <laughs> um, Eva was in the class with, I don't know whether any of you know, um, Manchester City Football Club. Probably not. Um, <laughs> Sheikh Monser, who owns um, Manchester City Football Club, his son was in Eva's class, Hamdan. So she was good she buds with old yeah. Hamdan. She, she did say she wanted to be a shaker when she grew up, <laughs> but we <laughs> said that, yeah, maybe not. Okay, and this guy... <laughs> For obvious reasons. This guy, Hamdan, is a prince, isn't it? Am I yep. right, I believe? So he's a prince of the country. So a few guys, any of you boys and girls out there listening in here, have you, are you in classes with princes and princesses? Mm. You're all princesses. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah always a good question. Lily, tell me this. Did you pretend they're not there, Lily? Just so you look at me, that's good. Did you go to school, Abby Dabby? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, you did. Could you tell me, and you told me this a couple of nights ago, what did you do, which was special? You did it every week, and you did it on a Sunday. Okay, she's lost. She's lost it. She, she went swimming every every week. Uh, so you guys, again, who go to primary school here, school, bet you don't go swimming every week to a very special pool outside in Balnehinch. Outside in Balnehinch, in the good weather. I'll inform you about the next question because Lily's not playing the game. But she learned to ride her bike. Do you want to tell where you learned to ride your bike? On a Formula One track. Wow. Apparently she's a speed merchant. <laughs> okay, Paul and Fiona, give me one highlight or one low light, a challenge of living in Abu Dhabi, in the desert for three years. Um, my highlight was the fact that we got to meet so many um, different people, people from all around the world. Um, I think I had, I had 18 in my class, and I think there were... 13 different nationalities so um, that was a massive highlight that the girls just their world view is so different now um, and just with all levels of people too from people whose daddies consult with prime ministers to um, people who get paid less than we can ever imagine to clean the schools so just loads and loads of different Diversity there, different people to get to know. It's brilliant. Different dynamics. Paul? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I suppose a similar thing, a huge highlight was the breadth of experience we got to experience, the breadth of people and places and even church contexts. And a, ch- a real challenge, and I said this last summer, was but trying to work alongside all those contexts and how does, how does this type of thing look like with people with all sorts of different ideas. And that was a huge challenge, as I know it's even a challenge right here in this town. And um, yeah, but but the experience, the learning we received was huge, and we're very thankful for that. Okay, super. Let's give these guys a clap, especially the, the girls. 
as those guys go, I'm going to just say what we're doing the rest of the service, and then that's it for me as the same TV, and I'm going to sit down out of the way. So uh, in a minute, Andy's going to come up and tell us a little bit about the Journey to Grace staff. Then Haddon's going to come straight after that and tell us, uh, uh, sure, so, sorry, Haddon's not, my mistake, Andy. And then Paul's going to come and talk a wee bit about the vision and calling. Then Haddon's going to come and speak to us uh, about thoughts and reflections. And then Ali is going to welcome uh, Paul and the Grace staff team. And then we're going to do some promises and commissions and prayers at the end. Andy, thanks. So over the last uh, four and a half years since we began meeting as a fellowship, we've often used uh, the analogy of a journey uh, that we're on together. And this morning, as we focus on the addition of, uh, to our staff in the person of Paul, I thought it might be helpful just to recount briefly some aspects of the journey that we've been on in terms of the development of our staff team. So journeys often require a little bit of thought and preparation. Uh, they're not always smooth, and sometimes there can be a few detours along the way. And Sometimes on a journey you can enjoy the ride, and sometimes you just wish you could get to the final destination. And our journey in developing a staff team in Grace has probably had some of those characteristics about it. So four and a half years ago, we obviously had no staff. What wonderful days those were. Uh, and although, although we had no staff, we did have a, a substantial gathering of people, as you know. Uh, we certainly weren't starting from scratch. And despite a difficult beginning and a need for healing and for grace, there was a sense that God was in this. Uh, and that what the enemy had intended for evil, God was working for his good purposes. In those early days, we established an interim leadership team, which provided some level of, I suppose, organization and structure. And then we elected the first uh, leadership team, who soon began to see the need uh, for someone who had a bit more time to coordinate the various uh, ministries and support the leadership team. And so uh, some of you will remember that we employed Ali Brown uh, in a part-time capacity with the wonderful title of Resource and Support Coordinator. And Ali did a great job in coordinating things and communicating with people and acting as a little bit of a sort of sounding board maybe for the leadership team. And at that time we also employed, you remember, Dave Linton in a part-time role again with a specific focus on youth ministry. But even at that early stage, we were very aware that as a church, the church is about the body of Christ, and everybody has a part to play. Uh, and so volunteer teams were established, uh, you know, to serve in the various ministries, and, and many of you are still serving uh, as volunteers. And that's vital. That's the body of Christ uh, in operation, doing what it's meant to do, caring for one another, uh, serving, reaching out. Uh, and getting equipped to be God's people on our front lines. As the journey continued, the leadership team continued uh, to look to God. We often say and we often pray that this is God's church, and that's true. And so uh, as a leadership team, we have been intentional about discerning God's way forward. Uh, and probably around the beginning of 2017, last year, we felt that we should take some time to wait on God with a particular focus on, on the area of staffing. And we found it helpful uh, just to reflect on the Ephesians 5 model where the Apostle Paul 
uh, outlines the Holy Spirit-inspired gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And so as a team, we began to think a little bit more intentionally about how these giftings were reflected in our leadership structure and our staff team, our staffing structures. And so in the beginning of January this year, uh, the leadership team asked the members to ratify a proposal to employ Paul Coles as a pastor with particular emphasis on church and an amended role for Ali, uh, which would utilize his teaching gift, but also uh, give expression to our desire to be outward looking and community focused. Uh, Ali's new role was agreed at that time, but with regard to Paul, a decision was made at that stage to pause, I suppose, to slow down a little bit. For some people, it was important to hear more about our discussions with Paul and the process of discernment that had led to that, to, to that proposal. And so we took, uh, we took some time to do that. Uh, we had further conversations with Paul uh, via Skype on the 56th floor of the apartment block in Abu Dhabi. And, uh, dur- but during those months of, of talking and reflecting and discerning, we were influenced by Paul's character as a man of integrity and by his gifting uh, and by areas, I think, as well, in which he'd been stretched and challenged through the work that they were doing in UAE. Um, some of you were, may remember that he spoke here last summer where he talked about his journey in relation to God, the Holy Spirit. And we also felt that Paul was someone who could work well alongside Ali and alongside the leadership team. And we sensed in Paul that he was passionate about the local church, the potential of the local church, which is a bunch of ordinary people like us, inspired by the Spirit of God to live for God, and in so doing that, to change the world. And so the proposal for Paul to join the staff team uh, was then passed by the membership Uh, And Paul weighed this uh, before God and agreed uh, to join us. That's a shortened version of what happened. Um, And that brings us, I suppose, to where where we are today. We uh, we do believe that God has led us to this place with two staff members. Who knows? In the future, we we may have more. But that doesn't mean that uh, we can take a back seat and let these guys do all the work. And I think it's important to say... There's, there's, there's plenty of work for these guys to do, uh, but I want to encourage us to make their job easier. Or to put it another way, let's not make their job more difficult. Uh, let's be encouragers. We do have good structures in place to provide these guys with support and with accountability and with challenge if that's needed. Um, but what they need most is our support and our prayers. Uh, they're not perfect. It's possible that along the way they may make some mistakes, and that's okay. But we believe that Ali and Paul are right where the Lord wants them in this place at this time. So that said, I'd like to invite Paul uh, just to say a few words about his sense of how the Lord has been leading him and perhaps something of his vision for the days ahead. Paul. Thank you, thank you, Andy. Uh, possibility should be reworked and reworded to probability that they will make some mistakes. Absolutely. Uh, well, I may. Ali probably, probably won't. Um, so this is called uh, The Vision and My Calling. 
but really what I hope it is, um, is just, um, sorry, I should speak into this, is just my heart for w why I'm here and, and why we're here. Um, and as you start thinking about that, you know, about 10 minutes to speak on vision, heart, and that's not a lot of time. And so a lot of different things are running through your head, principles of, of what I want to be about as a person and principles of what we are and what I would love us to be about as a church. Uh, and then as I, was, as I was thinking about this, a conversation came into my head that just happened about two months ago. In fact, I, ha I think it happened about two days before we left Abu Dhabi. Uh, and we were out for uh, lunch with a whole bunch of families from our girls' schools. And um, I was sitting, in particular, there was three or four families, but at one stage I was sitting just with one of the husbands, uh, of which I won't mention his name in case he listens to the podcast. And uh, this guy, brilliant guy, and a brilliant set of families, um, his, his faith box would be that his grandparents went to church, and, which is pretty normal in Western Europe. Uh, and, and he went maybe a couple Easter's or Christmases, but that's about as far as it goes. And really, we had a lot of interesting, great conversations because it just doesn't fit his box at all. Uh, and so he was asking me about what I'm going to do. Obviously, we're leaving. We're both going to do jobs. Skin is simple. Teacher. Get teacher. That works. Uh, and he said, so, so what are you going to do? Pastor. What's, what's, what's pasta? What's, pa what's pasta? Um, and with a church, and there's a, there's a few churches in this town, and he asked a brilliant question that only, he's an investment banker type. He's Ewan. Um, he asked a brilliant question that only someone from fantastically outside of my box would ask. He said, so, trying to formulate a question he could possibly ask me. <laughs> What's your church's unique market position? <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> and I'm looking at him going, A, brilliant question, and B, where do I go with this? <laughs> and so I sort of stumbled and mumbled through it, and I said, you know, well, I hope that every church, including ours, is about pointing people to Jesus and, and helping people, you know, live lives of faith and understand what God's all about. And, and I hope we're not unique or different, or and I hope we're doing that. So I hope in kind of we don't have a unique market position. Because, yeah, but there's many churches in your town. Why, why this one? Why would you go to this one? Why would anyone else go to this one? And I said, you know, fair enough. Great question. Um, so rolling around my head, how do I answer this? How do I answer this? And, and three things came to my mind. One was, I think it's a real group of people. And what I mean by that is you're not, we're not trying to be a fake group of people or trying to be something we're not. We're not trying to be perfect. We're not trying to be pretentious. Uh, and I was saying to him, you know, it's a group of people that's been through a lot together. It's been through some highs and it's been through some lows. And it's trying to face those questions with reality and ask and answer those questions and those situations with reality. So it's a real group of people. And I said, sadly, that's not just in churches, but in organizations, that's not necessarily that normal nowadays. And I'm like, okay, what's another thing? Uh, the other thing, I think it's a progressive, and for lack of a much better word, I, I said, I think it's a progressive group of people. Um, they're willing and wanting to try new things, not just for the sake of new things, but how can we be a better church? How can we interact better with our community? How can we represent Jesus better in our world? And I said, for example, as we've just talked about today, um, they've hired two of us, and, and it's not a typical sort of hierarchical organizational or church structure, and that's, 
it's not unknown, but it's not regular. And, and so, you know, but that's where they feel God's leading them. And that's the road we're going down. And it'll have to be worked out. But they're willing to try progressive or different things to be where God wants them to be. And I said, this guy's family's from Donegal. And I said, and we're meeting in a Catholic school, and you know that sadly that's a strange thing in Northern Ireland for a Protestant church or whatever, to be meeting in a Catholic school. And he's like, yeah, I get that. Um, and then I said, and I think one of the most special things is we want to be, and in, in our best of times, we are outward looking. Um, and back to even explaining our roles. They've hired me, and they've hired this other guy, and part of his role is outward-looking. And of course, part of that is how do we communicate better with the community? How do we connect better and integrate better into the community? But part of that is simply how do we serve and bless this community, many of whom, many of these people, of course, will never step through the doors of this church. And I said, they want to be outward-looking, and they're committed to be outward-looking, and literally, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Uh, and we sort of went on like that, and most of it's going over his head, and he doesn't really get the whole thing. And, and the conversation went on mostly to why he doesn't believe, and some sort of an apologetics, great, fantastic, challenging conversation, I hope, for both of us. And then the day goes on, and you leave, and you go home. Um, and then as you do, as you have conversations over whatever, big conversations with friends or colleagues, um, that night I was lying in bed thinking, you know, what could I have said, or what shouldn't I have said, or what did I say, or what would I have liked to say? And there was one way I think I would have loved to answer the question differently, because I think it's an important question. And I hope, or I think if I would be asked that question again, I would like to say that part of our unique market position is that we don't really want to have a unique market position that actually I think we want, that's part of what attracts me and drew me to this role and back to this role, is that we want to be part of a unique market that's much bigger than us, a special market, that the whole market's growing and not just us. And as I thought through this and as, as I was thinking through this after that conversation, thinking toward today, I thought, you know, I don't want to be a company like Apple. And I'm sucked into the whole Apple ecosystem and I love their shiny products that work. But I don't want to be a company that, like Apple that grows exponentially, the first trillion dollar publicly traded company, but that does so ruthlessly and at the expense of many other companies. And it sucks people out of other tech companies into theirs. And once you're in, you can't leave because you're so stuck in this beautiful ecosystem. But I don't think we want to be a company like that. I think, and, and now stick with me because this analogy fails a bit, but I think we'd rather be a company like Google, Android people, <laughs> who equally is becoming a, is a massive company. It's probably close to a trillion-dollar company as well. But as it's grown, it's brought so many other tech companies along with it. It's allowed startups to join on, share technology, share platform, share knowledge, and start up and grow exponentially. It's allowed existing companies that could have been its competition share and, and partner and grow. And I think we very much more want to be a, a company like Google. I think we want to be part of an organization that's at its core is about growth for everyone. As much as we can be. It's about success for everyone. And I would love 
again, I love that this question he asked me just resonates in my mind over and over again. I would love that our unique market position would be that the whole market, every church of Jesus in this town, in this land, grows and thrives and becomes more Jesus-focused and Bible-focused and Spirit-led, at least even a little bit because we're here and we're willing to do whatever God is calling us to do in this town and in this region. I was sharing with the leadership team a little while ago, I love a quote Ronald Reagan gave years ago. He said this. He said, there's no limit to what man can do or where he can go if he does not mind who gets the credit. I love that attitude, and I love that motto. Um, But as I said to the leadership team a while ago, I actually think it also fabulously misses the point. And I've stolen it, as you need to do, very little material is new material, and I've rejigged it. And I think it should say, there's no limit to what man can do or where he can go as long as he only cares that God gets the credit. Um, Because I don't want to just do what I can do, and I don't want to just do what what, what Allie and I and the leadership team and all of us can do. I definitely want to be part more and more, and I know we want to be part of of more of, of God's greater stuff, of God's bigger stuff. And Ephesians 3.20, actually the whole of Ephesians 3 resonates with me constantly, but Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 say this. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. So that's a bit more than what we can do. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. More than we can ask or imagine. I don't want to just be part of what's possible for my skill set or your skill set. Although I'm glad God's given us all skill sets and strength and weaknesses and we need to learn those and maximize those. But I think we want to be part of God's more than we could ask or imagine. That as we were singing about this morning is only possible because God came and crunched himself into a little baby and lived, and Jesus lived and served amongst us and died and rose again and then gave us his spirit to empower us. And then as I was thinking through this more, I thought, but I think part of that is definitely that we need to um, continue to push into what I perceived on that day, our unique market position. We need to have a unique market position. That we need to be real, we need to be progressive, And we need to be outward-looking. We need to continue to be those things. We need to be real and and fight to be real with God and with each other. We don't need to send up, you know, little fairy prayers to God, but honest, brutal questions because he's big enough to answer them. And we need to speak tough to each other in grace and understanding. But I think we also stay real in a huge way when we look through this whole book, this whole book, set of books that very fully tackle the whole spectrum of the beauty and the darkness of humanity that's in every single one of us, but that also tell an incredible story of grace and forgiveness and love and hope for humanity and for individuals. We need to be real. We need to pursue reality. 
We need to be progressive. And that sounds like a very pretentious word. We're so progressive and they're not. But we just need to be willing to do things and try new things. And I think a huge part of that is that we need to, as well as we're reading this and looking at this, we need to listen to what God's saying to us. And sometimes what he will say is, hold on, hold the course, stay steady, even when the world and everything else is spinning around you and changing. He, he does say that. But in my experience, and when I read this book of all the, the people in there, what he also does very often is push us out and push us out into new into beautiful, into scary, into uncomfortable places where we would just need to be more dependent and more seeking him and, and more needing his breath and his life and everything we do. But we need to seek God to be progressive. And we need to continue to be outward looking, and that's a massive, attractive thing about this church. Because there's a huge world out there that we are actually called to love and to serve. There's a huge world out there that we can learn from immensely. We can get great questions like my friend gave me a couple months ago, but learn from in so many ways. But also because the absolute thrust of Jesus' message was outward, was look up and love God and look out and love people. And the absolute thrust of his last words were go out, go into all the world, tell everyone, tell everyone about me, tell, me what I tell them what I did, tell them what I commanded you because I'm going to be with you always. We need to be and continue to strive to be outward looking. So I pray that is part of our unique market position, and I hope those words stick in your head and challenge you as they've challenged me. But I pray that we will also continue to bless and encourage and work alongside as much as we can every other church and denomination in this town, any way we can, in any way we know how so that it will not be about market competition, because that is totally the mind frame of the world, and it's the mind frame of us in our insecurity, but that it's about working together so that the whole church grows, so that the whole town can hear and know that this God who created the universe came down and lived among us and isn't distant and cold, but cares and wants the hurt to be helped, wants the hungry to be fed, wants the lost to be found, and and wants the world to know that verse that's splattered all over football games and everything, that he loves us so much that God gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So I'm so thankful to friends like X who asked me that great question and helped me think through what our unique market position is. And my heart is simply that I'm looking forward to walking along the joys and the, and the sorrows and the struggles and the victories with Allie and with the leadership team and with, with all of you guys. And I'm very glad that Haddon's here, among other people, to join us. Come on up, Haddon. Whenever Dave sent me the outline of the program, in an attached email, he said the, the time might go a little awry because we want to leave room for the Holy Spirit. Now, Dave and I know each other well. That sometimes can be an excuse for carelessness and indifference to timing, and I like rigid adherence to time. But uh, on the other hand, it did affect me, Dave, because... Every time I 
you know, put something on paper as to what I would say. Within a few minutes, I had other thoughts, and I decided in the end, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to think it through. I lay in bed last night. I went through in my mind the things I wanted to say, but Spirit of the living God, I want you to guide me. I feel a little jealous this morning. Um, you know, when you're in the company of emerging leaders, you become increasingly aware that you're a submerging one. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but, but I'm excited. Aren't you? Aren't you? I mean, we really, I, I know that Ali and Paul are excited, and that came through in what you had to say this morning. And I was moved by the fact that in your talk, you kept lifting up this book. When I was teaching at Queen's, you sort of dropped that in like, uh, sorry about that. But, but my, text, my textbook was entitled Thermodynamics by Van Wylen. And I recommended that to my students and it was a superb text. But I'll tell you what attracted me to Van Wylen. In the preface, I discovered he was a Christian. He had come from atheism to deism to theism to Christ, step by step. But what was it that essentially convinced him there was a God in heaven? Now, you can go and read this up if you like, but it was entropy and the second law of thermodynamics. Those convinced him there has to be a creator God, someone who got the whole universe into this high state of energy from which it is going down all the time. And that persuaded them there must be a creator God. Now, I was checking Van Wylen's book is out of date now, as am I. And it, uh, it, it has been superseded in a number of ways. Paul, Ali... Isn't it wonderful to have a text that will never be superseded? When God called me into ministry, I find this so exciting. Stick to it. All that God has to reveal is here. It's complete. But he's still throwing new light on the text. And there's things that he wants to throw light on here through Ali and Paul in the fellowship of this. Be praying for them. Be praying for them. Be listening for God. Expect God. When you come here on a Sunday, expect God to have something to say to you through Paul, through Ali. And pray not only that they will be given utterance, but that you in turn will be given ears to hear and a real desire to do what God is saying we want ears to hear and we want wills that will bend to the will of God I have the privilege of teaching well just during last winter and it's coming up again this winter a group of Chinese nationals who are studying pharmacy at Queen's there's 40 of them come for Bible study I have a group of them and sometimes get a chance to talk to the whole group, but we give them all a copy of the Bible in Mandarin on one side and English on the other. And I remember saying to them, and I've, I, it, it, it has really excited me the way that, I said to them, look, this is not a philosophy class. 
we'll certainly say some things that are philosophical because philosophy is the handmaiden to theology, but this is different. In this, the wisdom of God will trump the wisdom of men. And so I said to them, if I wax dogmatic, and I may have said this to you before, if I wax dogmatic, then I want you to hold me to it because I can only wax dogmatic when it's here. My opinion is of little consequence. God's opinion is vital. And do you know what excited me? Frequently in the class, I would say something dogmatic. And my Chinese students would say, where is it? Wow. Hold Paul and Ali to that. They, they'll want that. Because they can stand up here and be dogmatic when they're quoting and using the principles and the truth of the word of God and how we need you want to have a unique market position, be a church that listens to God, obeys God, practices the things of God in a lost world that is dying to see that, urging needing to see a church that not only preaches the truth but lives the truth. And I believe that that's, you know, I'm excited about this. I know I'm not a member here, but thank you that you treat me as one. I'm excited about what's happening here. As I listened to Paul, I thought you could drop me and let him expand, but my chance is here. You have a wonderful message to preach. Paul Gilmore passed on to me yesterday an email from Ukraine You've all heard of the Kostichans. We partnered with them. Nikolai and Nella Kostichin in Volochysk in the Ukraine. Andre, their son, sent an email yesterday morning. Some of you will have heard. But you know what it said? I'll confess I wept when I read it. It said, Mama Nella changed her address this morning. She's gone to live with Jesus. And I thought, wow. Don't we want that to be said of all our relatives and friends? That when the time comes, they simply move house and go to live with Jesus. That's the message, Paul, Ali. Essentially, you're here to reflect Jesus to a lost world and to point them to him so that like Nella... When the end comes, they'll be able to say they're just changing their address. They're going to live with Jesus. That's exciting. What a message. I'm 81, 82 shortly. I think about death a lot. I'm not morbid about it. I do think about it. Funerals all arranged. I still want Betty to go first, but... <laughs> no, 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 you've misunderstood me. <laughs> I, I quite like her, but... The, I, I'd just rather she didn't have to go through. Uh, but anyway, that's by the way. But I'll tell you this, whether it's Betty or me or whoever, we'll just be changing our address. We'll be going to live with Jesus. And if you don't know him... Trust him. Paul and Ali, keep that to the forefront of your preaching. 
It is said of John Wesley that he never preached a sermon without somewhere in it a call to Jesus. I'm not saying that. Certainly that has not always been the case with me. I admit that. But there's a principle there. At the back of this, all this ministry, all this living church is exalting Christ. And when we exalt him, we bring glory to God. And that's what this is about. Paul, Ali, the leading team here, members of Grace, keep the main point before you. It's all, not about Ali and Paul, and they know that. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And when he is to the forefront of your praise and your preaching and your living, this town and this area can be and will be transformed. I have powerful hopes for this place. I really have. God planted you here. Don't let any other thought come into your mind. You're here because God planted you here. He has plans for you. This is part of the journey. It's an exciting part. But it's only another milestone. Oh, what future has God for Grace Fellowship. For you, Paul, for Ali. Be excited about it. Don't lose that excitement. I always love the praise and the way it's led here. Because it's led with enthusiasm. It ought to be. If we're not excited about Jesus and about the things of God and the gospel of Christ, how can we expect the world around us to really believe our message? So God bless you. God, I have, when I was reading in my, just my Bible, and I'm, I've time I stopped. When I was reading recently, um, there were two verses in Romans that when I read them, it is as though the Spirit of God said, those are for grace. Let me leave them with you. I think I've written them down here, but they're going to go on the screen. Oh, thank you so much. May God, this is just my prayer, and with this I sit down. May God, who gives endurance and encouragement, give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then... Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Maintain that unity, treasure it, hold on to it. The devil will want to divide you and he'll use all sorts of tricks. Don't be deceived. Hold on to the unity that you have here. And may God bless you. Your ministry, Paul, your ministry, Ali. May God bless you, and I look forward to hearing news of what's happening in this place. God bless. What an honour <clears throat> to be following a mentor and father such as Haddon. We love you, Haddon, and you're part of the family here, and it's an absolute blessing to have you amongst us today. So thank you for your words, and when you speak, we listen. I have the pleasure of uh, welcoming Paul. I don't know where he's gone. Oh, I thought that was a short-lived. Uh, <clears throat> uh, on behalf of the staff team, we have a staff team of one. It's united. <laughs> to date, there's been no division, so no pressure, Paul. 
I also want to use this opportunity to say I was, I was talking to Dario Lille, who's the Presbyterian minister, First Presbyterian, who was really keen to pass on his uh, words of uh, encouragement uh, and blessing. In fact, he was thinking of trying to sprint through the sermon so that he could pop up here, uh, but it, it wasn't going to happen in the end. So he brings his, his greetings uh, to us, and I, I suspect there would be many others if they knew this was happening today, they would too. Uh, Dario's already met you, Paul. Paul, I'm delighted to do this. And by the way, it's okay. It's only a couple of minutes. Uh, This opportunity that I have for the first time in front of everyone here uh, to publicly affirm Paul. Paul is a man of humility. Uh, He's a man of high integrity. He's a man of significant gifting. And it's been said before that when we look for someone who uh, would be part of a team... Uh, a church team, Um, there are three things that it's good to look for. One is character, one is competence, and one is chemistry. So under character, do we have confidence that the person uh, who is being called uh, has got a genuine, authentic walk with Christ? And how has that character been seen or shown uh, in the recent experiences of life? I have seen firsthand the character of Paul, and I have confidence that you're a man of character, Paul. Competence is there evidence of spiritual gifting appropriate to the role. And looking at the job description, as I was yesterday, of pastor, brackets, church, good title. I have no doubt that Paul has significant gifting an abundance of gifting, a generous amount of gifting, and to whom much has been given, much will be expected. No pressure. And chemistry. Is there a relational fit with the other team members? I really like Paul. (laughs) I think we have a chemistry. And I know that the staff team Uh, or the the leadership team, have a chemistry with Paul. So from where I sit, Paul ticks the three C's. And so I've been looking forward to the day when I can introduce myself as one of the pastors of Grace Fellowship. And I'm delighted and excited that, Paul, you're joining the staff team, the United Staff Team. You're a friend and a brother, and I look forward to learning from you, working with you, supporting you, and praying with you as we embark on this new chapter of service in the kingdom of God expressed here in Grace Fellowship. Welcome to the team. Just want to say thank you for your patience. It's been a long morning, and you've been very, very good, very attentive, and uh, thank you for that. And it is a, a very significant morning for us as Grace Fellowship, as you can understand um when paul was speaking it was really good to um listen to the things that he was putting in and as you know that for us we have a series of values that are important to us and and they're displayed here um paul said we were dependent on god he said uh a community of grace that's who we want to be um he talked about reaching out in love it's so important that's where we want to go But at this moment in time, this is our opportunity to look at the fourth value, which is our commitment. Um, Our commitment to Paul and Ali, and their commitment to us. So 
this morning, um, we're going to look at some promises and ask them to come up and then pray for them and to get you to respond as well. So first, if I ask um, Paul and Ali, if you could come forward. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to Paul first, and then Ian's going to speak to Ali, okay? And your response at the end of this is, Hopefully. with God's help, I will. Okay, got that? And so this morning is significant and weighty as we all consider our calling, our commitment and our partnerships. And although this brings us much joy, we also want to make some serious vows to each other and to God. Paul, will you first of all be a seeker of God and will you prioritize time in his presence to nurture and sustain so you can lead from the overflow of what you have first received from him? Will you hold before us the story of God's love and mercy above all? The gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And will you be among us as one who preaches the word of God with integrity and in humility? Will you hold before us God's call to holy living in obedience to the will of God? And be among us as one who challenges complacency and strengthens the faithful? Will you hold before us God's commitment to the rescue and restoration of a broken world? And will you be among us as one who lives out in our community the relentless and transforming love of God? Very much with God's help, I will. Ali, <coughs> Ali will you first of all be a seeker of God? And will you prioritize time in his presence to nurture and sustain you? so that you can lead from the overflow of what you've received from him. Will you hold before us the story of God's love and mercy above all, the gospel of our Saviour Jesus Christ, and will you be among us as one who preaches the word of God with integrity and humility? Will you hold before us God's call to holy living in obedience to the will of God and be among us as one who challenges complacency and strengthens the faithful. Will you hold before us God's commitment to the rescue and rest restoration of a broken world? And will you be among us as one who lives out in our community the relentless and transforming love of God? With God's help, I will. Um, so Paul and Ali have... Um, made some serious promises um, to us before God. Um, and we're going to reciprocate um, because we're about being committed to each other. And this is about Paul and Ali this morning, but it's also about our commitment to each other, to Paul and Ali, and recommitting our focus to God as well. Um, so we're going to... Um, I'm going to read um, something very shortly. Now, Paul and Ali have had a chance to have a look um, and, and to really meditate on the, on the vows that they were taking this morning. Um, so I'm going to allow you a bit of time to read over um, the, the, the promise that, that we're going to make together this morning. Um, so a wee bit of time, read it over, and then, um, and then we'll stand and promise together. And as you see, your response... Is with God's help, 
we will. Shall we stand as we make this promise together? And I'll read it for you, and then um, if you respond um, with whole hearts. (laughs) Brothers and sisters of Grace Fellowship, will you welcome Paul and Ali with love and kindness? And will you offer them your friendship and help? Will you do all you can to ensure their ministries are not a burden to them, but a blessing to Paul, Ali, and their families? Will you support them both prayerfully and practically as we join together in the work to which God has called us? And we answer, with God's help, we will. Um, Can I just, as we remain standing, can I ask the the other members of the leadership team just to come up and just to lay hands on Paul and Ali. We're going to pray a blessing on them now. Um, And so let's pray. Paul and Ali, may God grant you strength and power through the Spirit. In company with all God's people and with deep roots and firm foundations, may you know the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ. May your ministries give glory to him. And God our Father, give grace to all the people of this church, pastors and people. May your spirit in us produce the fruit of the spirit in abundance. Love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. May we work together in unity for the glory of your holy name. And may the good work you have begun today be brought to completion in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Bless you.